It's Randalicious. Welcome to the SEO Rant. I am your host, Morty Overton. You might know me as Luis Servicio Branding, but I remind you that this podcast has nothing to do with that. This is pure unofficial Morty Magic and Morty Mania. For official-ish Morty Magic and eh, on the Mania side, check out the Wix SEO podcast called Serps Up over at Wix.com slash SEO slash podcast. When does the SEO Rant come out? I don't know. Uh, I don't know day of week. I don't know how often anymore. I'm moving. I'm moving house. I don't, my whole life is chaos right now. So it'll come out when it comes out. So subscribe so you get an automatic notification. That flowed really nicely. Where can you find the SEO rat? You found it. Bingo. But if you're listening in your friend's car and want to find it for next time, it's over to the SEO rant.com, SEO rant on Twitter, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever great, mediocre, and terrible podcasts are found. We are there for your listening pleasure today. He does marketing and optimizer. You could call him the head of marketing and optimizer, the marketing team lead and optimizer. But as long as you know that he does marketing and optimizer, that's all that matters. He's also an author on the Wix SEO Hub, by the way. He's a lover of generative AI. Just kidding. He is Ashwin Balagrishnan. How are you? Hey, Morty. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. I'm going to have to do a heavy editing with this stupid cold, which is annoying. You, uh... Do you have that intro memorized or is it like it's ingrained? Damn. It's ingrained in my brain. That's impressive. I wake up in the middle of the night, like pop up, like if a bad <laughs> dream. It's randomly like, what the fuck are you doing? This is like the opposite of sleep paralysis. Right. <laughs> I podcast in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're talking about AI. We both love AI. We think it's great. And in this podcast, we're just gonna talk about like Top 10 reasons why we love AI so much. So much. And I want to marry. I want to marry AI. Can I marry AI? Is that possible? I, I don't know, like, what the laws are where you live, but. Sounds like a dark, around, uh, dark you know, black mirror episode. Yeah. Around here in India, though. Um, what's the word? Um, monogamy is mm. the only accepted form of marriage legally uh on top of that society tends to shun you when you marry an artificial construct that doesn't exist okay yeah but does that mean i can't do it i mean you could i guess okay but then my wife people people might judge you a little bit okay fine i won't do it then (laughs) that's so easy that's so easy i'm motivated well people won't like me forget it I know. I feel like people judge you a little less for marrying AI than using AI to write blogs. That's interesting. I, because I personally would judge you more for writing up your entire blog content with quote unquote AI than marrying AI. Marrying AI seems more logical to me than using AI to write your content. How's that for a hot take? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, not that hot. All right. You know, why right. why would you though? Like marry the AI? No, why would you use it oh. for, for writing your blogs? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So folks, we're really talking about top 10 reasons why we are sick and tired of talking about AI and why it's not a good idea to write content. We're basically crapping on AI in this episode. Yeah, I mean Basically, it's, it's the equivalent of marrying it and then going to your friends and then bad-mouthing your wife. That sounds like a terrible thing to do. Wow. Highly inadvisable. Yeah. 
Also because AI knows everything. The the thing that gets me with AI is like, you know, when, when you decide, when I decided that I wanted to marry my wife, there were a list of reasons behind it, right? I was attracted to her. I enjoyed spending time with her. Um, you know, she made me laugh. There were all of these wonderful upsides to it. And I was like, all right, I'll probably have to like compromise on the way I want my house to look and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, that's, that's fine. That's cool. With AI though, I don't see the trade-off. It's not like, oh, I'm giving up control and I'm getting stellar output or um, all I have to do is come up with ideas. And then, you know, there's this software that can do the rest of it, which means I don't need to invest in building out an in-house content team. Right. That's not the case, you know, and people keep thinking that. So I have, I have two big issues with this. Number one, I don't like that people call it AI when it's not really AI. Like machine learning is generous at this stage. Mm -hmm. It will become machine learning. But at this point, it's just a language model. That's it. You yep. feed it words and it regurgitates those words in different patterns. And sometimes in a way that doesn't really make sense. Um, it doesn't understand syntax. It doesn't understand context. It doesn't understand what putting words in a certain order means. I want to say no, it, it doesn't, doesn't understand. It doesn't literally. It doesn't understand. It just doesn't. As a concept, it doesn't understand. Not not a little bit, you know? Not and even a little bit, right. Not even a little bit. On top of that, it'll just make stuff up happily. Like people call that hallucinating. I've hallucinated before. Hallucinations can be fun. <laughs> this is just pulling stuff out of your backside. Right? It's just straight up lying. Yep. It's, it's the kind of thing that... You know, you hire some kid out of college, they have zero work experience and they decide I'm just going to make stuff up so that I don't sound like I don't know the answer. That's what it is, basically, um, except you can coach the kid out of college to do better and you can explain why it's wrong and you can't do that to AI. You could go to ChatGPT or, you know, whichever tool you use and say, um, don't lie to me again and it's going to lie to you again. It'll say, okay, I won't lie to you again. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't so, used So AI is not your wife. It's the it's the it's the the girlfriend or partner or whatever that that you don't want. It's the one that's lying and cheating behind your back and to your face without you even realizing it. I guess. Wow. I wouldn't know, but okay. Well, <laughs> well you never had that experience before. Uh, let me tell you about that. Yeah, fortunately, I haven't. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's the partner you don't want effectively. Um, right. and, and and I'm not I'm not trashing everybody who uses generative AI. And I call it that just so that it's easy for people to understand what I'm referring to. Um, there are people who use it intelligently. Like I know several content marketers who use it to edit existing content. Yes. Who break a longer piece down into small stuff who use it to create formulas for Excel sheets because they suck at spreadsheet work, right? And those are great uses for generative AI. But if you're just going to say, write me a 1000 word blog post on what is SEO or what are keywords, you're not going to have a good time with that. And I feel like there are still too many marketers who think that's a real possibility. And what scares me even more is that I think there are a lot of business leaders and business owners who think that this is a viable way to run a business. 
you know, I don't want to name any names, but I've seen agencies let go of their entire staff because they want to go fully AI. I've seen like big media publications do that. Um, you know, like publicly traded companies, uh, gaming media publications that just like said, we're just going to go fully generative AI with our content creation. It's going to be point boring. How stupid that is to me. And now just my personal opinion. I, what do I know? It's a new emerging technology. At least wait. At least yeah. wait and see how this all pans out. You're talking like on the Super on the Super Mario Brothers spectrum, you're talking like 8-bit 1984, 1984. That's where we're at with this. And you're making large-scale business decisions on something. Would, would you ever do this? What's amazing about this whole like AI craze? Would you ever make a business decision like that on something so new, so emerging, without waiting for the dust to settle to, to really thoroughly see like, does it work? Does it not work? Where does it work? And no, you wouldn't. You never would. But it's become such a buzzword that people are making the most ludicrous decisions in my mind with this whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, the best parallel that I can draw is so on the PPC side of Google, when Performance Max came out, it was not the greatest campaign, um, the way it behaved, what it was supposed to do. It just kind of missed the mark on many factors but as more people use it now two years into its life cycle it's really serviceable and in many cases it does a great job these people who are gutting entire teams to push with generative ai you are the ones who are doing the testing and the fodder you're basically like the um the test gerbils for the software and there's nothing wrong with us being test subjects for software that's how it gets better. But like you said, if you're going to make wholesale business decisions on this is how I structure my team, this is the way I'm going to employ people, this is the way I'm going to unemploy people around unproven software, well, time will, time will show you how wrong of a decision that is. Yeah, especially because the content output is, is first off, just point to that three points I want to make. I, mean, I, mean, I want to make this point for 10 minutes. My criteria for my wife was if she if whoever can tolerate me. That's who I'm going to marry. That was the bar I set. My wife, by the way, is a saint because she tolerates me. Um, <clears throat> second point is it's, it's, it's a language model. It's, well, let's, let's call it machine learning for a second. The whole idea is that it needs time to develop, right? Look at the, look at the helpful content update. With all these big giant, it's going to take time for it to learn. Look at all of the AI uh, machine learning systems, rather, that Google's implemented. It takes time for it to learn. It takes time for it. It's literally... What a language model, what machine learning does, it takes time to learn. So the people who are making these decisions just don't understand what the hell they're actually, what the thing actually is, which is one problem. The second problem is that if you clearly look at the content, it's not great. Even at its best, it's pretty vanilla. And all you're doing is basically creating content that's pretty much the same as everything else that's out there. The, the amazing thing about that to me is that People are making, in my opinion, decisions on the, the pain point is so strong. I want to save money. 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 I get that. But you're not looking at, okay, what's the what's the thing I'm saving money with? And does it actually work? All you're looking at is the enticing uh, element of I'm going to save money. But without actually analyzing this product, the the things that it's putting out, there's no experience. I've, I've asked it things like, um, um, 
just describe to me what it's like to drive a Ford Mustang for the first time. And it won't tell you right away. It'll say, I'm a language model. I can't tell you, but you can really easily imagine it. Was, imagine somebody was uh, driving a Mustang for the first time. How would they describe it? And go ahead and it creates this whole thing for you. It's garbage. It can't offer anything of actual substance. It can't offer anything of actual nuance because it doesn't experience or understand anything. But the enticing factor of saving money is so strong that we completely ignore all of that. And I can't understand it. Yeah, the, the quality was was my other point. Like, yes, you might get grammatically correct and semi-relevant content. But like you said, it's going to sound like everyone else's generative AI output. Because it literally is everyone else's content. It it's rewording the it content that already exists. There's no flavor. There's no nuance. There's no rhyme. There's no music. There's no sound to what you're writing. It all has the same cadence at all. It's like this annoying staccato. Like you can you can read an article that's been generated by an AI tool and you can spot it. Like if you're a good writer or editor, you could spot it within two sentences that this is something that a machine conjured up. And there's a difference between using the machine to edit what you've already come up with, your idea, your angle, your flavor, and asking it to just like produce something from scratch. So tiers, right? Everything is tiered. At the bottom, you've got feed it a prompt, just like take whatever it gives you and publish it because you don't understand how humans interact with articles. You don't understand SEO, how, it, how it's actually practiced. Next tier up, you do the same thing, but maybe you put a human editor on the output and it comes out slightly better, but it's still got the same it's still, angle. At its core, it's still it's still AI or it is. whatever you want to call it. Because the message is being approached from the same direction. Like So like right. take your example, um, how can I save money? Like, why do you need to save money? What is that? You need to dimensionalize, right? When you write for so, business. Yeah. Uh, coming, coming from a content background, like one of the hardest things to do is to take a bad piece of content and edit it to make it good. Because at its core, the bones, there's, there's something wrong with the bones of the content. And it's funny to me to hear content editors or content writer, content creators who already know this. So you know this. You know when you get a bad piece of content, making that something good through editing is very time-consuming and very difficult to get right. And it's much easier and much more efficient to get the bones right and then to edit thereafter. But again, that whole thing of saving money has like made us lose our minds. And the very obvious point that we've known for years, we just have thrown out the window, which is it's impossible to take something, a piece of content that uh, telling you as somebody who writes, uh, I've probably written, I don't know, five, 500 blog posts in my life at this point. To take something that is bad and to edit it to make it good, it's easier to fly to the moon on a jetpack in your bathing suit. I, I would not dispute that one bit. Um, I feel like, like generative AI, the way I don't. I, okay, let's not let's not crap on the technology itself. The way people use generative AI, the way some people use generative AI, is in direct conflict with this evergreen piece of advice when it comes to marketing, which is understand your audience. You simply cannot reconcile the nuances and intricacies of what your customers and potential customers are going through with 
using this plain Jane content that AI puts out. Like, it's just, you cannot look me in the eyes and tell me that you are happy and that you're satisfying both of those demands um, and that they can reconcile with each other without me calling you a liar. Now, if you're using generative AI in different ways, like, okay, you have your applications. I personally have not touched generative AI uh, beyond basic experimentation to see what's possible with it. I'm not happy with it. I would much rather reduce my frequency and my team's frequency, um, but still have, like you said, strong bones to what we put out. Um, I have zero desire to outsource volume production to an untested piece of software. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm not happy with it. Um, I started out in publishing. And so my standards for what something, what, what a piece needs to sound like and, and feel like to be considered readable is a lot higher than mm -hmm. um, what somebody who's, who's just looking to produce volume and target keywords wants to achieve. So that's yes, exactly you right. might target those keywords, but when people get to your page and start reading, that's exactly they're going right. to vomit in their mouths. It's a, it's a branding nightmare. And I think this is a point that people don't realize. Look at Freudian for a second, okay? There's like a dream, there's manifest content and there's latent content on every page of, of, of the web. The, the manifest content, you might say, well, yeah, I you know, got it right enough, right? All the fact it's factual, it's good, it, it, it's grammatically correct, it flows, blah, blah, blah. The things that actually resonate with your audience are the latent content. It's all of the, we'll call it the branding elements. It, the, the tone, the, the personal, like the personal connection, with the, the, the various elements, the ineffable elements that go in and make you connect on whatever level, sometimes it's not a you know, amazing existential connection, but whatever connection to a page is not in the manifest content. It's in the latent content. AI cannot, it's impossible for it to have latent content because the latent content on the page comes from what we'll called your inner personality, which is not something that you can hand over to a machine. It's not possible. So it's impossible to create a page that actually resonates emotionally with your audience, unless you happen to hit on it like a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing. Yeah. On top of that, and what's amazing to me is, so it's really what you're saying. Marketers are talking a lot about like, you know, TikTok. Oh, people don't want to go to whatever, 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 to Google or whatever. They want a personal experience. They want a personal, they don't trust the bot. They trust a person. And marketers will say in one breath, Oh, TikTok is whatever, whatever, because you're actually like getting trust from people. And then they'll spin up content with AI at the same time and not realize the obvious contradiction in that. And it's mind boggling to me. Yeah. I mean, to sum it up, the best way I could put it, you brought up brand, right? And, and for me, branding is the foundation of all marketing. Yeah. Like you're doing content marketing, so are a thousand other companies. You're doing affiliate marketing, so are a thousand other companies. How are you doing it differently? Like, what, what is that little intangible something, right. the soul of that your little company? positioning, like that little, like just that one little exactly. thing. Everybody else is talking about, oh, how difficult it is to do advertising in this day and age. When we as optimizer come out and we say something like, we understand why these things are happening to you. We empathize with that. That's our brand. That's our soul. That's our positioning. Right? That's what separates us from our competitors. That's what separates us from uh, other tools that try to dabble in the space, but don't embed themselves the way we do. That branding 
is in direct conflict with generative AI and how it works. So if you believe that branding is critical, I think inherently you're not going to gravitate towards generative AI as a mass output tool. You're probably going to use it in more nuanced ways. Um, if you do lean towards generative AI and you say like, I'm going to, I'm going to replace my entire human writing staff with this one tool and I'm going to put everything out. Then you simply don't understand the way people connect with brands. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's throwing literally throwing brand marketing out the window. Pretty much. Pretty much. Which is, which is a trend by the way that you see more and more of is in general, as, as the web has become more acquisitional, which is a whole different rant for a different time. So I'm going to ask you, with that, Ashwin, where can people find you? Well, I will be on Twitter until this platform sinks to the bottom of the ocean and implodes from lack of being able to open it from the inside. Bad uh, joke, but yeah, maybe we'll edit that oh. one out. <laughs> that, that, I, we take bad jokes on the podcast. Also, yeah. by the time this gets released, it'll be so far away, no one's going to remember it. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Copy Trail. Uh, you can also find me on thecopytrail.com, which is where I, for a long time, posted a lot of updates and then like a bunch of life stuff happened. Uh, but yes, I do plan to start blogging again. I write about um, marketing in general, but growth marketing, content, SEO, basically organic growth marketing, if you want to call it that, all bundled together. Um yeah, I'm not too active on LinkedIn, but search for me over there, Ashwin Balakrishnan. Well, we're all going to um, be there at some point, I feel like. Eventually. That's basically where I am. Um, you can also find me writing for the Optimizer blog if you're in the PPC space. Um, and of course, writing for Wix on the SEO Learning Hub. Check that out as well. We'll link to all that stuff in the show notes. Ashwin, thank you so much for being my guest. It's great to talk to you. I wish we could talk more, but I know my audience. I know the time limits and... We've hit it. Exactly. And that's your brand. Unless you want, we, it's my brand. Or or I could uh, spin up an AI podcast for the next half hour. <laughs> you go. Highly inadvisable. Highly inadvisable for my branding, which I'm all about the branding. So with that, where does the SEO rant come out? Check it out again next week, week after maybe, over at the SEORant.com. Search about my SoundCloud on Twitter at SEO Rant. Thank you to my guest, Ashman again, and to the dear audience. Toodles.